Welcome to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Our mission is to bring you discussions on a wide array of topics in the coaching world to grow players on and off the court. You can connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, and also reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Now, here's your host, Coach Mike Hernandez. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you again so much for joining us wherever you are listening around the world, whatever platform you're listening to us on. I say it every episode. I'll say it again. As always, your support is greatly appreciated. Uh, This episode is one I've actually been looking forward to since I talked to this person a year ago. I was always looking forward to having this follow-up interview. So before we even get into this episode, for those of you listening, if you have not already, you need to go back into the archives, go to episode 15, where I spoke with this guest uh, with our topic today about a first-year coach's journey. So our guest was with us in episode 15 talking about their upcoming season being a first-year coach and the things that they were trying to accomplish, their goals, some of the questions that they had. And here we are about a year later and that season has passed. So this is going to be a follow-up to that. So again, if you haven't, make sure that you listen to episode 15 before you listen to this one, as this will be part two, following up with how that season has been. So I'm very, very happy to join or to be joined, excuse me, once again by Coach Billy Joe Nix. Coach, thank you so much for joining us and doing part two here. Hey, thanks for having me once again. This is this is going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to it. So, Coach, uh, normally I have people do introductions to themselves, but again, episode 15, you already did that. So let's switch it up here a little bit. Give me an overview, Coach, about uh, the past season. Just, just if you had to look big picture, how did things go for you in the past season? Um. I would say overall, well, given the circumstances that we were dealt with um, overall in the state, um, in the district, um, of course, like everybody else, COVID impacted everything. Um, the the ended up being a shortened season. Uh, so we had 12 games. We were allowed up to 15, but with with um, there's there's a weird thing with Illinois where you're you're supposed to play teams within a region but that region doesn't necessarily equate to the conference that you play in. Um, so we ended up kind of getting some schools that were hesitant to play and things like that. Um, so we ended up getting 12 games in. Um, got a little bit of a late start. The seventh graders actually had a, a um, got to play volleyball up through sectionals. So they finished their season and then they got to have regionals and sectionals. So a lot of the seventh grade, which is pretty much all the girls, um, were on the volleyball team. They, they had a really successful season. It was really neat that they got to do that. Um, of course, because they considered it a moderate risk sport as far as COVID. So they got to do more, uh, more games and got to do regionals and sectionals. Um, so we got a little bit of a late start. Um, started off very rough, I would say, um, with that small group. I had initially four, um, returning starters that have been playing since sixth grade on they won they were part of a state championship team when they were in sixth grade so they were used to success uh we added two other girls who were brand new um so that was the first couple of weeks of practice was really much only getting to work with them and sporadically adding in some other people 
uh, once they were not tied up with volleyball and got about a week of solid team practices. So um, overall, I think it's still went pretty well. Uh, a very much a learning experience for me. Um, uh, humbled a little bit, I would say that. Uh, but uh, really a, a good, a good like foot in the door kind of a situation where we didn't get to do everything we wanted to accomplish, but we won some games and they got to, to finish the season successfully. One of the things that I think is such a unique challenge, uh, whether you're a first year coach, first year teacher, is to have had to navigate what we've had to navigate this past year uh, through a global pandemic and still trying to find your footing as a coach. So I wanted to ask you about, you know, trying to coach while also dealing with just the craziness that the past year has been. What do you think you've learned by kind of being thrown in the fire from COVID and this whole situation? What do you think you've learned from that that you can use kind of going forward? Um, learning what to do with, with shortened time, um, mm. really. Yeah. What it comes down to it is because of the impact of the shortened seasons and everything like that, um, I, HSA is the governing body that, that runs the high school sports, and IESA does elementary. So they govern, you know, middle school slash sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Um, so they kind of follow what IHSA does, but they're a little bit more constrictive on things with the with the middle school kids, obviously. Um, and they, because of that, so much stuff was was smashed into each other. You couldn't help but deal with the cards that you were dealt with. So uh, just using learning how to utilize time more effectively, I would say was the biggest thing so starting off next season i know we have a little bit of a run-in with i believe it's softball that's going to mm -hmm. kind of cut into the start of our stuff i'm expect i guess we have a great group of athletes and i expect some of them are going to be playing and that's going to eat into the start of that um but now i kind of know ahead of time even if we aren't able to start well now i know how to lay out practice plans better and what we can do and what, what you got to do to really manage your time. Yeah, I think that, that that's a really good point you bring up about the idea of like managing time because as you mentioned, things things come up, things happen, in, even in the course of a regular season where it's like, oh, you thought you were going to have two practices. Well, now you only have one or, you know, these students or these athletes are unavailable, this, that, and the other, like the idea of, you know, making the most out of your time. And, and just being flexible in general. Yeah, I, I think that, that that's a really great lesson to take away. Um, speaking of lessons to take away, Coach, if you had to uh, give your August 2020 self any piece of advice, so let's just say after our interview last year, you got to go back in time and, and talk to yourself uh, yeah. and give yourself a piece of advice, what would you tell your August 2020 self? Um, I think the probably the best piece of advice I would do um, and I would extend this to any other first year coach is stop trying to do all the things. Um, mm. I'm very much a, a guy that tries to, to catch a rainstorm in a paper cup. Um, <laughs> that's the way I am. I try to do all the things. I try to have foresight. I try to plan ahead. Um, you're just not going to get to it, especially when you're kind of dealing with this situation. So I had, um, and, and, and to keep it simple, right? 
So I had ideas of game plans. I, I knew uh, from some previous meetings with the, with the other coach I coached with, uh, Kevin Connery, about what we were going to do offensively and, and what the abilities of this group was. You know, I had watched them on film. Um, but I had all these really big plans, big plans. You know, I was going to mm. meet with them and, and, and try to build like uh, with smart goals, you know, smart uh, specific measurable attainable uh relatable and time related like all these kind of things what do you want to be as a ball player what do you want to do with this when you get done um i was able i was trying to you know i wanted to work on skill development with everybody i saw little things of watching film of things that could improve with players um there wasn't all that time and i felt i kept feeling like at the end of every practice i was like i failed again i didn't get to do this um, I didn't get to this. I didn't get to that. Yeah. But I had to realize that with a short time, uh, just the season in general, the restrictions that we had to deal with, with travel and everything like that, that you just have to basically sit down and go down to the bare bones, you know, offense, mm -hmm. defense, special situations, and then build out from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's really hard. I, I think even even for co like veteran coaches to like almost like let go <laughs> like because you want you yeah. you want to you want to have your almost stamp on everything like I, I know for me and, and I'll let you kind of elaborate that on, on I know for me like I wanted I didn't want anything to be like left you know up to chance left to anyone else but me because I'm like I trust myself I can do all this like I don't want anything happening without me knowing it or me putting my stamp on it and at least for me I know when I first started like I stretched myself too thin. And I, I don't know if I was doing maybe the more important things as well as I should have been because I was trying to do like everything else. I don't know if you had an experience similar to that. So, yeah, I have a tendency to, to um, academically pursue things that are a little bit, of, I would say, above my formal educational level mm -hmm. uh, to broaden my, you know, my knowledge base. When we were talking about developing plans and things like this. I'm reading stuff about physiology, you know, kinesiology, things like that, studying. And I've, and I've learned a lot and a lot of the things that has to do, I still know, and I have that knowledge base. So I'm still playing glad that I took that time, but I was getting way too far into it, like studying the mechanics of shooting. And I had to realize, <laughs> and I'm talking about like at the anatomic level that it's too much, man. <laughs> this, you know, th this is a successful program. Um, for a reason, there's a lot of, of good foundation there. I, I should I should have just focused on you know get to your spot and shoot uh, things like that instead of you know all oh, this is how you you know the degree at which you release the shot from will give you this percentage of chances. Reading studies on two footed finishes versus one footed finishes and getting wrapped up in coach groups on Facebook and conversations and all these things <laughs> and just chasing you know, unicorns, um, I, you know, this idea, like I would get a girl that would come in, it would be completely raw and I would just make her be, uh, the next to meet Tamika catchings or something like that. It's like, <laughs> no, I just needed to be there to help them, um, and understand and have fun and, and bring them along a little bit and then take what was there and just build on that. But I had this great big idea of what I wanted to do. And I think I just got at the beginning, definitely, I got myself too caught up in all that that stuff. 
Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. It's, it's something you're not alone in, especially with all the time and, and the investment that you kind of put in with all the stuff like you read or all the stuff that you watch and like you want to apply all this stuff. <laughs> and it's like, uh-oh, can't do all of this. We can't make all this happen right now, at least. Well, and it was a really awkward time, of course, again, with COVID to just sit mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and, and think a lot and to watch game films. I mean, watch all the films that I had on the, um, the seventh grade team because the eighth graders were graduated um, on to high school. So I watched all the seventh grade game films of everything I had multiple times and it was too much. I was so focused on what the other teams were doing and, uh, and stuff like that too. Uh, and of course, then again, with the, uh, with the COVID situation, mm-hmm. there was all those YouTube channels. People were broadcasting their games. So of course I was taking advantage of that and scouting and, getting so caught up into what the other teams did that I lost sight of what I needed to focus on, which is what we do right. Yeah, that's a really interesting point that you brought up because of the situation we were in in 2020. That was like so much idle time in a sense that you had to just take in all this stuff. And it's almost like a car, like sitting there that hasn't been used for a while. Like you're just ready to go, ready to go, ready to go. And uh, it's, Gonna, I guess it'll be a little bit different this coming year by not not necessarily having that sort of big chunk of time anymore for sure. So that, that'll, that'll be something different uh, looking forward to year two. Uh, but looking back on year one, so when you think about, you know, new, new coaches when they come in, whether it's their first year coaching or they're taking a new job, they often talk about, you know, setting the foundation or, or creating the culture, setting their culture that they wanted. So I'll just ask, was that something that you felt that you were able to do? Did you feel like you were able to kind of set the foundation that you wanted? I, th- I think I was uh, authentic to myself. And that to me is the coach being authentic to themselves is what's going to set the culture first and foremost. Um, I am a pretty jovial guy. I got to be jovial. I got to be fun. I got to have fun with the team. And that to me was the biggest thing was, this is junior high. Yes, we want to win, but I didn't want to stress them out so much. Um, it was pretty apparent that that was already being done at home from some of them. Um, there was already a really solid foundation there. I wasn't coming in to shake up anything. Uh, I mentioned again, the guy I coach with Kevin Connery, um, he's had, he's got three older daughters. They've all played basketball at some level. Um, one of them going on to play uh, junior uh, junior college. Um, another daughter that was a senior there. Uh, he's an assistant on the high school staff. He has coached some of these girls for years because he was involved with the you know third, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade girls. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of more of the outsider in the situation. Not that I was ever meant to felt like that from the administration or the or for from Kevin or anything like that, but the culture was really there. So for me, it was, the culture was my group of girls and how I interacted with them. So um, I'd say I got to establish that. Um, I will say it's nice to be in that situation where you're not going into uh, utter chaos or something that needs to be completely like rebuilt from the rubble and that, you know, it was just a situation that you were nicely able to kind of go into where, you didn't have uh, a whole lot of things that had to be uh, 
I, I guess reset or wasn't like toxic or negative at all. And I, I think that that's, that's really great that you felt like really welcome and, and everything um, yeah. like that. So with that kind of foundation kind of like put in place, are there things that you're looking to sort of like continue? Are there things you're looking to add on to? Because you're in a real unique situation began a middle school where like those parents are, they kind of come in and out every couple of years. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, you're kind of uh, dealing with, with new people a lot more than maybe sometimes even high school coaches are. Yeah. In, um, in the past, uh, so last year I was with the eighth grade um, team. And one of the things I, I approached Kevin about is the group of seventh graders that he has are phenomenal athletes. They're the ones that, um, not that I didn't have great players on my team, but um, he's got, particularly there's a girl um, that is, I don't know if you've ever just seen that player and been like, that's a D1 athlete. Um, that's a really unique experience to see a kid that that kid is going places. She puts in so much work. AAU, obviously school ball, uh, hours and hours. She works, does workouts with pure sweat basketball. Um, that's their, their family's dedicated to her and it, and she, and it really shows. Uh, and she has a comparable teammate who is kind of just a natural athlete. Um, that is also works a lot, but not quite at the same level, but they're just like perfect teammates. Um, and, um, they've, they were really connected with coach Connery. So as much as I wanted to have them and be like, I could take this team far because I just got to be like execute and they will do it. Um, I felt it was best interest of them to go on because they responded to him better. Mm -hmm. so that was kind of like it was kind of tough but it was also like I think this is what's best for them um so that's kind of a I, I don't know if it's really a goal or a, a you know an, something going forward I just think it's that we we kind of talked about it and you know in the future I might move up with the team in seventh grade I might have them and go from seventh to eighth grade it might be what something we do on a rotational basis but this to me was more like a gut instinct thing um yeah, I've, like uh, I've heard about like some coaches, especially at the middle school level, they kind of some I've heard about the ones who kind of do like the looping where you have like the mm -hmm. seventh and eighth grade and then you kind of go with the other unit and some who like to, you know, stick in, in what they are. And, and it'd be interesting if you ever go through that like loop about the changes that you would even see because of how um, much growth just takes place just from them as like people in, in middle school yeah. like just uh that in and of itself I think would just be a real interesting perspective to see what they're like almost as like sixth graders as they come into you and then leave like ready to go to high school sort of thing yeah and I think too it's 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 a uh, we actually have sixth graders that will come up and play also so it's kind of an interesting thing where I'll get them for two years um you kind of get to have the same players for three years or so but we we really do integrate together um, you know, Coach Conreen was like, hey, this is your team. This is my team. And and I understood that. But I'm like, I want to mirror everything we do because I don't want people to get confused. I want to just kind of have the same systems and everything like that. So it's pretty much he stands up during his games. I stand up during my games. Uh, but like when he's working something with the group of girls, the girls are, that aren't being worked with, they come down with me to the other end of the court. and We work on skill development things. Um, I like that. I think that that's a goal that I have is to really, really 
spend more time doing things. Uh, I'd like to use the games approach. I found that I like doing that mm. a lot more than like just small doing sided games. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, rodeo rebound drills, uh, we did like queen of the court. Um, we did a lot of things that I've just kind of seen in, in research and, even though YouTube can be a trap for the mind, sometimes you can find useful things there if you look in the right places. So little games to like kind of build on their competitiveness, but also to reward their competitiveness because they are a really, really competitive group of young ladies and they like competing with each other. Um, sometimes to the detriment of, of their <laughs> own physical well-being, but um, it's, 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 really, it's really, really awesome to see though. I think it's always easier to turn down the competitiveness sometimes that is to try and bring it out in some people. So oh yeah, uh, it's, 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 it's nice to see. And, and sometimes it's a little scary to see how much they get into it in practice, but uh, it's, it's good that they're invested and they're good that, that they're into it. Now that's awesome. Um, one of the things that we talked about in our episode last year was a goal that you had for yourself was that you didn't want to sacrifice development for the sake of just getting wins. So reflecting back on that over the past year, how do you feel that that went and did it present any challenges at all? Um, yeah, it's going to be a next year thing. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. So like I said, I had the four main girls that were um, my, they've been playing together forever. Um, then we added the two new uh, young ladies who came in. Um, they were very, very, very raw. Um, I know that one of them had played the organized ball at some point in time. Our offense is pretty simple. We ran a lot of four and five um, read and react. Um, a couple plays here and there, but nothing too complicated. Uh, a lot of it was honestly just like aggressiveness and things like that. Bringing them, I think there were some things I developed with them, but I think it was more like personal based. Like one girl was very shy and very timid. And by the end, you know, I was getting her to like kind of yell on the court a little bit. She was getting playing some like really tough defense and she took a charge and like the whole gym erupted. That was like a great feeling. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think I, I've mentioned back in the uh, first podcast we did, I got a belt made. Yes. Uh, that was the Miss Hustle belt. She was one of the first recipients of it because she went out there and was playing really tough defense. There was a game that we had that we were just over uh, overmatched against the other team. Like we were just pretty dominant. And so I got a player some really good solid minutes and she showed really good effort on defense. Um, and so that was, that was a good thing. Now there were games that it got clear that if I was going to try to develop these other players, I was going to have to do it at certain moments and, put them in smaller situations and kind of abbreviated moments. Mm -hmm. The girls that I have, and this is a realization I had, it, it's kind of hard to ask a player who sacrifices so much time off the court to get better. And this is their, this is their reward is competing to win for the other time of the players that just kind of, Oh, I'm kind of here and I want to do it. Um, yes, this is a middle school program. Yes, this is a school program. Um, but I, I did, I couldn't, I couldn't, as I got more further along in the season and saw the effort level that some of these girls were putting in over the other ones, it was like, I gotta, I have to reward what they do in practice. 
right? To a certain extent, I have to reward mm -hmm. the fact that they pay attention. I have to reward the fact that yes, they come in and they shoot before and after practice. Um, so it, it became kind of a situation where we only had so many games and, uh, after, especially after the first game, um, realized that, Hey, you know, I've got to kind of be a little bit more limited on that. So I did try to put them in the fold into scrimmages and stuff like that more. I had conversations with them. I had conversations with their parents. I encouraged them to still play. I really hope they continue to play. Um, and in a longer season, they absolutely would have gotten more opportunities to play. But in the end, I kind of sacrificed that principle that I had. Um, I realized that it wasn't very realistic in the environment that we were in. I'm curious, were you able to like have conversations with those players who maybe just weren't putting the same amount of effort in and letting them know like, hey, like you're going to high school next year. And if you want to be successful in high school, like you're going to have to do like more than you're doing now. Was, was, were any of those conversations happening or was it a situation where, you know, it's just like, you know, these players who maybe like weren't putting in as much effort, maybe they were just kind of doing basketball to do it rather than like something that they were really striving to, you know, maybe be like successful basketball players in high school, if that makes sense. I was wondering how that conversation went, if it took, if it occurred. Yeah. I mean, I told them that the competition level is definitely going to be a yeah. lot harder, but I told them that, you know, they're going to have a different coach. They're going to have an opportunity because they are going to be able to contribute um, and that they're going to have to, be more aggressive and that was the bottom line thing for for the uh the some of the players that weren't as as uh involved i would say they weren't as involved because they did do say stay after on some nights and things like that um but i think they just need that opportunity and i think going through a full season with especially at like a high school level um is going to be a lot it's going to be a, I think one year is going to make up their mind. Either they're going to stick with it or they're going to walk away. Um, but I did tell them like, Hey, the next level is tough. Some of them were even, even my girls who were experienced, they were like kind of scared of high school basketball. Uh, and I'm like, well, some of the girls in our area can get pretty rough. So, um, and we compete against some bigger schools too. Mm -hmm. So, but I said, why? I said, it's a challenge. It's exciting. I'm like, that's what you want. You want it to be hard. Yeah, because if it's not hard and I told them and I and this is a uh, one of my, you know, I guess my rules for life is anything that's worth doing is hard. So that's what I try to tell them. I said that to them in practice, probably two or three times a practice. So when they would get huffy about running or something like that, be anything worth doing is hard. <laughs> Just keep keep plugging at it. So yeah. uh, I'm curious because you are in the uh, middle school environment. So there, there's kind of some interesting nuances that, that, that kind of play out by being in the middle school level, especially because of, of your work with the eighth graders. Was there a lot of interaction or any interaction at all with like the high school coaches? Do your players kind of all go to the same high school or do the, how does that sort of work out with their sort of transition that they're going to make into next year? Yeah. With, with uh, a lot of schools in the region, um, they are same building, essentially. One half is high school, one half is middle school. Elementary is a separate building. Um, so they pretty much just go down the hall next year. Mm. Um, the, the, their, their coach, uh, the high school coach has been there for a long time. 
and he did come and watch some games. They know him. Uh, a lot of the moms that are involved uh, with the program know, you know, they have him. There's older siblings that have played for him. So they, they kind of knew what, knew what they were going to expect. Um, now the junior varsity coach was a new guy this year and he did come and I really talked, gave him like in-depth stuff about the players like what they were like in practice, what they did well on, on, on the court, um, what they needed improvements on, and uh, encouraged him to push one girl in particular to be a leader, which because I think she will be. Yeah. Um, she just needs that. She needs to come out and be vocal. So, um, but there, yeah, it's it's a small school, you know, where I think we're at like 100 kids in our middle school between 6th, 7th, and 8th. So, um, and like I said, it's, it's right there. Most of the people have grown up in the area. So, yeah, that's, that's nice. It's kind of a nice sort of situation where it's like, they know, all right, this is where you're going. And there's kind of that connection already there. You kind of talked about things that kind of have already been established. And it's really nice mm -hmm. when that, when that's one of those for sure. Uh, that's no, that's really good. And kind of takes some, uh, I don't know, pressure or, or off of yeah. you to know that the high school coaches are active and then they care and they want to, you know, be involved and they want to work with you is, I think that that's a great feeling for sure. Um, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, and small school ball in the state of Illinois is, <laughs> is a passion for yeah. a lot of people. Um, it's things that a lot of communities will hang their hat on. Uh, this school in particular, uh, unity is good at everything <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so they're very passionate about sports um, you know, they, they are proud that they play the bigger schools. Uh, they do, they do things well. There's a lot of really great stud athletes that come out of there. Um, so, uh, they, it's, it's a really nice, it's, it's an overall positive environment. Yeah. Uh, I would say. So one of the things about, you know, being a first year coach is that you could do a lot of the, uh, reading, you can do a lot of videos, you can do a lot of preparation mm -hmm. talk to a lot of people, but nothing quite compares to being in a game, coaching mm -hmm. and, and going <laughs> through it. So oh, I, I got to ask about what, <laughs> what was that? Like, what, what took you by surprise? What were some things you learned? What was it like when you were the guy standing up there going through uh, all the in-game situations that coaching brings? I will, I will openly admit, and it was apparent to everybody, I was completely outmatched my first game. Um, we play a, a, um, a private Catholic school. So they have, it's Quincy Notre Dame is high school. And then uh, Quincy Catholic is like the middle school. So it's a bunch of smaller schools and they come together. They have a solid program there. Um, they have their, the team that we played one state last year in 3A and we're 2A. And then they added a six-one center <laughs> in eighth grade. Man. So um, really well coached. Obviously, um, they've you know they've got established the actual the girl that's on in our program that's an AU a AU player. She plays on a travel team coached by their seventh grade coach, uh, and he's a great guy. And, and he runs. He's really knowledgeable, and you know he runs his team very well. The seventh grade won. Um, it was a tight game. Um, but again, having those two really good players was, was the, was the equalizer, um, being a little bit discombobulated that day. I think I, I had such a lump in my throat cause it felt like 
coming up to this point, I was like, oh, building up to it and everything like this. Um, I had such high expectations of everything, of course, and getting on there and just being just blown off the court <laughs> and just like understanding how to communicate, but just like, my I don't know what it was. I, I can't, I mean, honestly, I think it was one of those things where I was, in some ways I was overconfident, in some ways I was just underestimating. I was overconfident on my girls' abilities. They were great players, but, you know, you watch a film of a girl hit some threes in seventh grade, and then you think, well, she's going to do that again. You know, oh, wait, they grew, you know, so their bodies are still adjusting. By the way, the other team also grew, added players, um, you know, uh, is really well coached and they don't have the same restrictions that we do. You know, they're a private school. They kind of do what they want. Um, it seemed like um, they had fans. Uh, they practice whenever, you know, great for them. I'm all for it. Uh, but it's, it wasn't, I would say it was an unfair thing. I just think it was a much higher level of competition than I was prepared for for my first game. So, and I think there was a lot of, down in the dumps attitudes right away because we'd had such limited time to prepare. Um, I, I had some, some attitudes and things like that to deal with, with the girls also. Um, and I won't blame them. That's my fault for not, you know, addressing the issues, but some of that kind of permeated, there was a little bit of a negative energy to begin with. So, um, but yeah, absolutely. My, biggest thing was like don't be surprised when junior high girls can hit from three to four feet behind the three-point line um can do scoop shots can do scoop reverses can you know post you up and and look like old school elijah one you know there are very very talented girls at this level um so and and don't overestimate what your girls can do because People get flustered. You know, I was a little, I was flustered. I wasn't quite sure how to, how to articulate what I was thinking. Um, it, I, I was over-reliant. One of the things I know that next year, very rarely am I going to pick up a clipboard. I felt like I had to have the clipboard in my hand at every time out. And I just realized, what am I doing with this thing? Um, I don't need it every single time. So I think that's a little bit of that ro romanticism of, uh, of coaching. Like, I'm going to draw this great play. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. you're not. No, you're not. You're going to, you know, hey, just put them in a 2-3 zone and and let them ride this thing out and, and grind the other team. Um, and uh, that that was the biggest thing was just getting that. That was my kind of like welcome to this league moment. Um, and then like the next game we had, uh, I was really, again, really confident about that. There was one player in particular that I was concerned about. Uh, and she shot up another three or four inches, added a step back three. Um, was a great shooter, was a great player anyways. Um, the expectations going into that game was they stomped them every year, so we're going to stomp them again. Well, it's not that situation. So um, game three we won, um, and then we went back and lost two more games, and then we won the rest of the games for the season. Um, awesome. So, but – and then – uh, another thing that I didn't mention was uh, the last two games I actually had to set out because my family, besides, but despite being vaccinated, my wife was caught COVID. So I had to miss the last two mm. games. Um, but uh, I had a, a, a parent who's very active program, 
has helped and keep stats who's played some college ball and she came in and helped out and and i'm glad that she was there to do that so and uh she came there the last two games they finished those last two games so we did beat a school um when we got our first really big win it was a really great moment though um so and that's one thing is even though you're going to go through really hard times and it seems like you don't know what you're doing and everyone's upset or whatever, just wait, and tough it out. You get those big wins. Um, you know, like I said, we're a school of a hundred. We beat a school, we beat Quincy. Uh, and they're a much bigger program than we are. So they have a much bigger pool um, and we, we were able to beat them. So it was, that was a great moment. Yeah. Uh, it's funny you're mentioning these some of these schools and some of these areas and, and just like you did last episode, I'm like, oh, I, I know these. I know these areas being from yeah. Illinois. I'm like, yeah, I know what it's like down there. So uh, I, I have to then uh, just kind of extrapolate a little bit then as, as the games were, were going on throughout the season, did you find that things kind of did like slow down for you? Was, was there kind of a transition where like, okay, like I went through the first one or two and now like I'm kind of in my flow? Yeah, absolutely. I would say by the time we got to the, to the, um, and, and a lot of it, honestly, I attribute that to the guy I was coaching with, Coach Connery. Um, you know, I talked with him. He helped me start doing subbing in, which took a lot of that off my mind, um, putting in players and everything like that. So I, I think I feel a lot better prepared for that next season, knowing when to put in what players and what positions. Um, I had some times where I had some mismatches on defense um, and I heard about it from the people behind me. <laughs> uh, but, you know, um, really just trying to, you know, I kind of think, I think this person can, no, I can't go with that. It's like, put your best player on their best player, put the second best player on their second best player. You know, obviously you're going to have things you want to match up a little bit with height and stuff like that, but starting to get in that flow. And then we actually got to where we were set that, Hey, um, we really do good with the two, three zone and those two young ladies that I mentioned that were in the seventh grade team, um, they came on and they played, they ended up being the starters. One of the four, one of the eighth graders, I made her be my, my sixth woman off the bench. Um, and she took that very well. She was normal, normally the starter and everything like that, but she filled in the role nice, came in and played really good defense, encouraged her to shoot. She shot pretty well. Um, but just like extending out that two, three zone and trapping and then falling back and stuff and realizing, Hey, this is our bread and butter. I hate relying on a zone so much because it's yeah. kind of contrary to your philosophy, but sometimes you just got to do it with the personnel that you have and it's what they felt comfortable with. So, um, and, and putting the right person in the right spot. So, cause even like my, my best player in eighth grade, she's very tall, um, for, for her age and, you know, okay, she's in the middle. Didn't work that way. I had to put my one of my shorter players in the middle because she is such a good rebounder. Uh, and she gave effort and, and, you know, she bothered some shots and things like that too. Um, but just kind of like letting, letting the players almost dictate um, what you're going to do rather than trying to dictate to them what they're going to do. Um, Sure. Because again, we, we what we run on offense and everything like that is 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 pretty free flowing with the read and react system. I believe in it still, and we'll, I'm going to stick with it. Um, but it it kind of forces them to do some things that they might not be comfortable with. But you can also add 
thing. So it's like, okay, well, you're going to be in a four out. You're going to be here. But in defense, especially, it's like, well, I can't do a full court press with them. Right. I couldn't. Um, you know, I started wanting to do that. And then my, the other coach, Coach Connie, was like, I don't think you want to do that. And then he got me rethinking some things. And it's just like, you know, you're right. Um, so kind of letting the players and what their abilities are. And that came about after getting more comfortable with them being honest with myself and my limitations and being honest about them and their limitations and realizing what worked best for us. And then it ended up being pretty successful at the end. It's so much that you had to manage. Right? I hear all yeah. this and I'm just like, man, like, whew, like for having all of this and, and especially for somebody like you, who I know, who, you know, like I said, you watch a lot of film, like you take it really seriously. You're really, invested in this how did you sort of balance like almost being done for the day like after a game and not like dwelling too much on it or, or trying to like tinker too much how'd you kind of like separate it like almost like personal versus like the the, the coaching stuff for somebody like yourself who is, is very very invested in it how, how was that like balancing act for you in year one I actually took a, a few days off work um and I don't want to make anyone feel bad, but I took it to, I took it to heart really, really, really hard. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of felt like I was failing them. Uh, sorry. I'm <laughs> oh no, like, it's real. This is real. I, I really, I really, really, I really did. I, I gave up a lot of time to, to get better. And when it came down to it, you know, when, when that first game happened and I was like, everything I've worked for is like, I had to realize like, that wasn't the only moment, you know, you're going to get knocked down. Um, and I think it was almost like a football season where you only have so many games and every game is super important too. There was also that heightened sense on that. Um, but added that with the super competitiveness of the kids and their, the program and their parents and everything like that. Um, you know, I thought I was going to just walk in and be, yep, we're just going to continue and pick off where we left off um, with this group. But, you know, realizing that, what these girls were and what their, what their abilities were. It was different because they were meshing with another group of girls who had moved on and um, the level of competition they were playing against was, wasn't the same too. Um, but I had to, to just kind of take a few days off work and kind of just collect my thoughts and realize what am I doing? You know, I'm stressing myself out over this um, because I care about it. But in doing that, I'm kind of getting in the way of my, of success. Yeah. So once I kind of took the time off, really just kind of stopped watching film, to be honest with you, I just stopped watching film. Um, I, I had all my notes that I took because I would obsessively watch every game that the other teams played. I stopped watching film. And, uh, and I realized that like, I'm here because I love this game. And because this, these girls love this game. And then that really helped me reset myself. So, yeah, it's sometimes you get so into like the weeds of it and like you're in it. And, and sometimes you just have to almost force yourself, like you said, taking a couple of days off to really just like step back, almost kind of collect yourself and almost like. I've had like instances where I almost have to like regain my own like confidence in myself, I guess, because I, I just get so like into it and or like get into my own head sometimes. 
that yeah. uh, you absolutely you have to kind of take a take a step back before you can move move forward. And I feel like this is a good kind of transition to uh, ask about you know, knowing that you've been through this experience, mm -hmm. you know, if you were to talk to somebody who's going to be a first year coach, what are some things that you might tell them like they might have happen or some things that they might want to look out for that they might otherwise, you know, not be thinking about? Um, uh, well, like I said uh, earlier, be, be realistic with your expectations of yourself and of the players that you're coaching and of your competition. Um, you know, plan, plan for kind of plan for the worst and uh, hope for the best situation. Um, don't come in and think you're going to be Phil Jackson on day one. Uh, don't think that, you know, your, your superstar player is going to be, you know, the next coming of the greatest person uh, to play the game. Um, uh, you know, if they surprise you and everything like that, that's great. And then you can kind of take, take games, early games as, learning experiences so and then I ended up going back and re-watching film later on after the season and realizing I made this mistake I made this mistake this player made that mistake that's how I should have corrected them and everything like this and I feel fully confident going the next season um I'm back to my usual cocky self <laughs> um but that's another thing is is you know confidence is key to to success in a lot of areas but um you're going to get humbled at some point in time. So just be prepared for it too. Um, that's, that's a, that's a big thing is, is, uh, you know, and it, like I said, when you come into a program, every program's different. So, um, and then uh, just let, let the kids know that you care about them as people. That's the big thing too, is I yeah. think uh, making that personal connection helps out a lot. Yeah, I, I, I like that a lot. Uh, I like the idea. I like the, the, what you mentioned, though, about, you know, keeping your confidence, maintaining your confidence. Uh, I think you used the word cocky, but I'll, I'll use the word confidence for you about, yeah. you know, being, being still confident in yourself. And it sounds like you now have a lot of, I, I think, ideas kind of going into year two. Like uh, there's been a lot of things that you've kind of like taken from this and, and now you're kind mm -hmm. of ready to apply and kind of uh, move on to next year. Oh, yeah, we're going to be good next year. Is you heard it here first. We're gonna uh, be good. I heard it. So what? What? What is? What's? What's? What's next now? Year two. What mm -hmm. are you looking at now? Like, okay, I did this year one as a coach. I know now year two as a coach. This is yeah. where I I feel like I'm headed. What does that look like for you? Um, I think I want to. Uh, I'm gonna. I I want to have a winning record first and foremost on the regular season. Um, uh, winning wasn't a big thing to me. It, it still isn't the big thing to me but I realize how much it matters to the players um, that, so that's, that's the thing is, is we're going to, but trying to get them to buy in on that is, is, is going to be a big thing. Um, and then spending a little bit of extra time breaking things down in a, in a simpler thing, you know, if we can't execute something, I'm not going to throw another thing at them. I'm going to be like, we're going to do this and we're going to do this until we can execute it. And that's it. Mm -hmm. So and then tell them, like, look, I'm giving you all the tools. I know that you can do this. You know that you can do this. So go out and do it. And if we lose by 20, what, what did we learn? You know, taking things as a, as a learning experience. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I'm, I'm really, I'm just really stoked about next season. I'm, 
like I remember there was a game we had, we end up losing, but it was one of the, one of the best moments of coaching. And it, I was jumping up and down on the sideline. I think I might've torn my meniscus again, oh, no. <laughs> uh, but I was so pumped up. And, I mean, we lost, they were obviously upset, but I was like, man, that, that effort level that they put forth was amazing. Um, and this next group of, of young ladies that I'm going to be coaching are just as hard of workers. Um, and there are some very skilled players, uh, some very raw talents too. So I'm just really, really pumped about it. So what are you, as somebody who plans a lot and as somebody who prepares a lot and puts a lot of time and effort into this, now that you've seen the seventh graders from, from last year and, mm -hmm. you know, they're coming up and you're going to be working with them uh, now, now as eighth graders, what do you kind of feeling like in terms of like their skill development? Are there things that you have in place for like the, those players coming in that you want to work with and get them working on What's, what's that like now that you almost in a way have a group that you've seen for a year that, that you're now going to directly be working with this coming year? Yeah. Well, actually, um, when I, when I mentioned before is I'm actually gonna be going down to the seventh grade. So, Oh, that's right. And yes, it's not, it's correct. not, a step well, you still, you'll still see the eighth graders. That's right. Though. Yeah. Yeah. I still, I still will. Um, I'm, uh, there's a couple of them that I definitely will want to work with, uh, mm -hmm. more, some ball handling stuff. Um, cause that's, that was a big, a big thing is, you know, I, I think I believe in having everybody be able to grab the ball off a rebound and push the ball up the court. Um, like I said, Coach Connery and I are, and he said this, he's like, we're two different guys. We have two different ideas. We're going to do things a little bit differently. Um, the sixth graders that he had played up, he had a select group of sixth graders that came in and um, filled out the rest of the seventh grade roster. Um, I'm going to utilize them a little bit different. So because I saw a little bit more in some of them than maybe he did, or mm -hmm. at least according to the playing time. Um, sure. So uh, there's a young lady who I think is going to, be a really really great ball handler um if she gets out of her head a little bit um and she's got a little bit of a swagger and a little bit of a street ball kind of a play with mm -hmm. with her and i'm like i'm gonna put the ball in her hands and be like go girl you know um yeah. and then and then get my my other players to just really just you know play a fierce lockdown defense so um my plans are are to build up the confidence because some of them need some confidence build up um, and to really empower schoolers. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, so dealing with, with their social issues and everything like that. So, which by the way, as, as a coach, I know I keep, I don't want to hear about that stuff. <laughs> keep it out of the gym. You know, boys are icky. Just leave it alone. <laughs> um, but, uh, really, really trying to empower, empower some of them to, to be vocal, um, uh, that's one of the biggest things is I've, I was always talking about having energy and being vocal and they never really like talk on the court the way I want them to. Um, so figuring out how to get them, that's going to, that's going to be, I think my biggest challenge is getting them to actually call out things. So, so as you kind of think about those goals and the things that you want to do for next year, what, what are you as a, as a coach doing, to sort of uh, like work on your coaching you had all the time last year. And now it's kind mm -hmm. of like, all right, now you have year one and now you're heading into year two. What does that kind of like professional development type journey kind of look like for you now going into year two? Well, I've been trying to get into some camps. I was actually scheduled to go to um, PGC uh, basketball oh, camp. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, there, there's work conflict. So I'm trying to find a way to get to something. Uh, there's some virtual online clinics. Uh, Illinois has the Illinois Basketball Coaches Association. They have some online clinics. Um, I really want to kind of brush up on a lot of the special situations, you know, the inbounds mm. um, uh, plays that I can, I could do because sometimes we have, we had a tendency to run the same things over and over and over and over again, trying to, trying to um, build things that are a little bit simpler, but that will kind of throw a different look at other teams um, because you can't count on them just outworking somebody off of a pick. Uh, so, you know, giving them opportunities to get better spacing on things like that. Um, and then really hampering uh, the positionless basketball to the point to where everybody is confident at, or will at least try to attack the basket um, because there's a lot of them that they're out there and all they want to do is pass the ball. Uh, I don't want that. So, um, so trying to get them to understand that. And by doing that, I am revisiting all of the better basketball stuff from Rick Torbett. So oh, that's something that I have, um, if, and of course, I think I've mentioned it before. I know that you've talked about some of that stuff with the positionless basketball mm -hmm. with other coaches. There's so many ways to do it. So I'm going back and revisiting that. And I am watching um, like Iowa women's basketball. There's a bunch of game film out there. I love to watch them play. They do a lot of that stuff. Um, just kind of absorbing all of those things. So I can include actions more actions for them because we got a little stiff on things so absorbing all of that stuff and then trying to like reiterate it um and if i can't get them to cut across a, across the read line when somebody jumps out i'm gonna lose my mind <laughs> you know how many times you get them and it's like back door back door back door <laughs> you know yeah, and they just yeah, they don't sure. get it and it's and it's and it's so hard and it's something coach connery has worked on them with since they were young you know because he's uh been there for a long time and he's he's used a lot of the same things in his his uh coaching so um and then i guess a lot of it is just like okay reaching out to other coaches um so like there's groups that i've joined and things like that and, and reaching out there and talking with them. Hey, how did you do this? Mm -hmm. Or how did you find this success successful? Um, and then also kind of limiting my, myself. Um, I got to quit studying like 18 different offenses and, <laughs> you know, learning about the European ball screen. I'm not going to use that, you know, uh, yeah. so all these little actions and things like that. Um, but also just watching a lot of basketball too. Um, I love the WNBA great season so far this year. Um, and I think those are things that you can apply. You could take pro level basketball and the WNBA and apply it at every level of girls basketball and boys basketball too, um, because it is a more fundamental game, uh, I believe. And there's a lot of great greatness in there. Um, it's, you know, um, really good to watch. So one of the things that I think a lot of coaches, especially first year coaches, um, they might be aware of it, but there's nothing quite like actually experiencing it is the, the human element of this. Uh, you obviously as an adult male working as a coach, working with uh, 
adolescent, you know, girls who are, you know, about to enter high school as well as with parent interactions as well. There's a lot of, uh, at least I know for me, as somebody who has coached uh, middle school boys and girls before, there's a lot of things I had to learn about the, the human element of, 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 of everything. What, what have you kind of yeah. learned about that kind of like the non-basketball, but the actual person to person element over the past year? Um, I think one of the biggest things is I learned that I have to be a more effective and um, decisive communicator. Um, we had, and I alluded to it earlier, we had some attitude issues and these girls were very knowledgeable. I'm, I kind of give them like a little bit of carte blanche on some things like, Hey, I want you to, I want you to like take some initiative on these things, but there are certain things, you know, as a coach, I want you to stand here. And I had a girl just yell at me, no, on the court. Um, and after, and this was after that first game, things weren't going well anyways. Um, but realizing that, you have to address those things right then and there, mm -hmm. whether you're going to be the bad guy or not. Um, I should have pulled her out for the rest of the game. Um, I should have, you know, or made her not start the next game or whatever it is I should have done uh, differently. And then dealt with the repercussions of, of getting in arguments with parents and things like that. So I think that was, these are kids they need somebody to lead them, whether they realize it or not. Um, and sometimes <laughs> you've got to realize that you're not here to win a popularity contest. Um, and if that means you lose a game or you lose a player, I, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to alienate anybody. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I think it's, that's a more effective way to be, be decisive and be like, I said to do this, you should have done this. And that's it. That's the end of the conversation. Not let's have a conversation about it. You know, I went off and was trying to be the cool guy, I guess. Um, I mean, I'm pretty relaxed anyways, but I think I was a little bit too informal as I would say informal, um, too lax. You know, like, oh, I'm sorry I did this. I'm sorry I did that. I should not have apologized to them. Uh, I didn't do anything wrong. Uh, and I'm not saying that they needed to apologize to me, but, and also realizing in the heat of competition, very competitive people are going to say and do dumb things. So um, that's, that's, that's point, another thing. Yeah. And not, got, not getting, not letting things affect me as much. Like I said, I took that period of time off work. I kind of regathered myself. And there was a little comments of things that I was hearing. And then there was the rumors that this person said this. And then there was players who said this person's mom said this to, in front of all of us um, that I started really letting bother me. And I always want to take into consideration of what people think of me as far as like how I carry myself. But at some point you have to let the other stuff go. Um, that's, that's a, that's a lot of the human stuff that I had to deal with. So yeah, there's there's so much uh, so much input. I think whether you're a coach or a teacher, there's just so much stuff that you get, but not all of it is important. And knowing yeah, like <laughs> knowing what to to let go and and what and and like you mentioned, like what there is going to be a conversation about versus like no, this is just how things are going to be. Like we're we're not having this discussion at least not at this particular moment. Um, right. Yeah, for sure. And I, I a hundred percent agree, especially for any new coaches or young coaches, especially if we're going to work at the middle school level, like communication as crystal clear as possible. You don't want to have any, 
any guesswork involved that that is yeah. for sure i did have my first uh, incident of a parent waiting for me after the bus got back to the oh school. yeah it was oh, a very boy. interesting thing i was like game two and i'm already dealing with this like so yeah but That's it was it went learning as, experience it went, as, it went as pleasant as, as can possibly be so mm -hmm. And it's just one more thing that you're more prepared for now than you than you were a year ago. So yeah, absolutely, <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, so to wrap up, uh, I usually ask about a coaching moment from people's careers, but to keep stay on topic, what is a coaching moment of yours from this past year? And you've you've said quite a few awesome ones. So if you have another, yeah. what is a coaching moment of yours from this past year that you think others uh, listening who may be first year coaches or may know somebody who's going to be a first year coach can learn from? Um, yeah, I kind of, I kind of mentioned it before is like, you know, um, the attitudes. So is when you have that kind of situation with the player, whatever level they are, and they have an attitude, you have to address it, um, right away. Because I think I let, there was also, there was also kind of like a, a group of people that were, they had their interpersonal little dynamics and, and things like that. But there was like kind of this you know, situation. And I, I realize now going back in there, I should have addressed that right away and not let that go. Um, and, and brought in and been a little bit more forceful and brought in the parent and said, let's have a meeting and do these things and then talk about it, you know? Yeah. Um, because a lot of times, a lot of these kids, they will not tell you to your face. Like I told them, I was like, tell me what you're thinking right now. Um, and they won't. And they'll go home and they'll talk with their parents. But like I, and I told them, I was like, look, be brutally honest with me. You can, I'm a grown man. I could take it. Um, but let's not like, you know, pretend that everything's okay. And then huff and then, you know, take like, act like you do on the court. So um, that was really big thing was, was got to address that stuff and get control of the situations because if not it's going to just and it kind of permeated throughout the season at, at different points um but then i also kind of realized that this is all kind of linked to where what the what's the scoreboard <laughs> yeah so isn't it isn't that so true? you have to address those things but you also have to realize that you know if we're up by 10 as opposed to down by 10 the situation might be a little different yeah, yeah, a lot of a lot of things uh, kind of changed by the scoreboard there, but no, that that that's good. That's really well put. Awesome. And then uh, to wrap up, just like we did last time, uh, I'm going to give you, Coach, uh, your 60 second soapbox, whatever uh, topic or thought comes to mind here to wrap up. I'm going to go ahead and give you the floor. Uh, go ahead and take it away. Um, sports parents, love them or hate them, they're going to be there. So um, you know, I've coached and I've talked with you before. I've coached with younger girls in travel school ball situations. Uh, my son is now involved with the AAU program and obviously I've coached um, now here at junior high girls. And I have always had, um, even when I played in high school, very involved, very vocal sports parents. Um, you can love them or hate them, but they're gonna be there. It's probably better that you love them because they're in the end, they are there for their kids. And that is a whole lot better than them not caring. So if you have to bear the brunt of somebody's ire uh, because their kid didn't get, you know, so many minutes or, or the, that you blew the game or you're not running the raw offense right or whatever it is, take it in stride to a certain point. Um, because I would much rather have that mom in the stands screaming uh, than, I, than I would her kid like looking up and not seeing her there. 
because in the end, it's about the kids. Uh, also check on the kids because sometimes those parents do put a little extra pressure on their kids, but it's 100% better that they are there and they are part of the program because when times are good, they will be there to support you. So. I like that a lot. I think it's always good to have a reminder about, you know, parents, how necessary they are and how, as we've said a couple of times uh, with other guests, if the parent, the kid and the coach, they're all working together, I think great things happen. So uh, re really awesome reminder for sure. Well, Coach Dix, uh, thank you for, for coming back, talking about the year that was, uh, the, the good, the bad, uh, not, not too much ugly, a lot of good. So yep. I appreciate the honest reflection on that. And uh, I, I look forward to uh, staying in touch with you and seeing how year two goes, especially under more uh, normal circumstances. So Coach, thanks for spending some time and, and good luck as you get the road going for year two. Thanks, Coach. Uh, all right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And thank you guys for listening. This was another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. We will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Basketball Teacher Podcast. Make sure to connect with us on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, or reach us directly through email at basketballteacherpodcast at gmail.com. Take care, be safe, and we'll see you next time.